I didn't know if I was doing it right. I just didn't care anymore because I felt like this was my last chance to show up for myself. Hey, Sarah Marie Thompson here from Wild and Creative. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here because we are going to be diving into fun ways to increase your personal power and everyday magic on every single episode. I am here with Allie Jean, and she is a brand identity specialist, web developer, and visibility mentor. What I did is I went straight into the workforce, and uh, one of the key places that I worked was Rolling Stone Magazine, and I worked at some other titles. Yeah, I've worked for Us Weekly and Men's Journal and all kinds of other titles, um, and it taught me a lot, and I was on the marketing and advertising side, and I come from a sales type of family. Uh, my mother worked at an advertising agency for years and years, and then she went into the health industry, and my father's a real estate agent, so I learned a lot about selling and not feeling like that um, that bad feeling that you get when you're being salesy. Right. <laughs> because so from a young age, I was really um, experiencing, you know, even going to the advertising agency my mom worked at all the time and talking to um, the marketing department, you know, getting in trouble with the artists that were there because back then. Uh, most of the art was done uh, without computers. Yeah. So that's what I saw, you know, when I was like nine and 10 years old, I saw that graphic designers were not using, you know, Mac computers and all this stuff. They were literally getting in there with pencils and um, all kinds of markers and really trying to figure things out and, and having them make sense um, from a marketing point of view as well. So that's the kind of difference um, that my company, you know, has really evolved into is going back to those days because I wasn't always like that. Um, you know, I, I definitely was a lot like most designers for most of my life where I would go straight into the computer and start designing and I did amazing things. But now, you know, you can see behind me, I have my art studio. And I think that those early memories of being there um, definitely influenced what's happening today for me. I... <laughs> What's funny is, you know, I didn't go to college right away. So like I said, I jumped right into the workforce and I went out and moved out when I was young. I was like 16 years old wow. and I wanted to really experience life. And if I could have moved out earlier, I think the first time I asked my mom about when I was allowed to move <laughs> out, I was like nine or 10. <laughs> you're just like, you're so independent. I was ready. I was yeah. ready to go do my thing and whatever that was. And you know, once I started to do that, I got lost, you know, and I didn't go to college right away. I was probably, I think I was 25 when I actually signed the documents and thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm the first person to graduate from college. I have my bachelor's degree in fine arts nice. and it was really exciting. I thought that what was going to happen, my big dream was I was going to be this amazing, famous art director and I was going to like move to New York or California and I was going to be in charge of a huge team and we we're going to work on, you know, the Ford campaign or something awesome. And I was just going to be like this uh, lady boss and heels and, 
stop making the money. Advertising companies here in Michigan closed. Michigan was hit really, really hard. Um, I lost my job with Rolling Stone, uh, was laid off, was horrified. And from there, I went through many years of just feeling very lost, um, freelancing. And I, and I do that because freelancing to me is a word for a creative person that is lost. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry for anyone out there who believes that they're a freelancer, because for me, this word is negative now. And I think it's a, a non-committing type of word. So you're just floating around freelancing. You know, you don't. So my structure and my base and what keeps me grounded is my business. Mm -hmm. I run a global media company. But for many years, I was just kind of floating around, taking anyone's business that I could gather. Um, you know, years later, I'm thinking, wow, this college degree means nothing. I'm freelancing, I'm working, I'm contracting at some companies locally, and it feels awful. It doesn't feel, you know, when I was younger, I thought, I'm going to be this big shot, I'm going to be famous, I'm going to do all these creative things. And I, and I know this, and I had, I really knew it. I remember when I was a teenager, and I wasn't, you know, I was a rebel. <laughs> I'm sure if you know me online, you probably can guess that. Um, so I would always tell my mom, don't worry about me. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be fine. But during this period of time after I got laid off and I received, I didn't even go to my graduation. That's how bad I felt. It's so hard to even say that without crying because it still hurts me because I felt that little about myself. Mm-hmm. It just didn't even matter if I was there or not uh, because I couldn't get a job and I didn't have a direction. I didn't have a purpose. Even if I were to get a job, I felt like I didn't have the, the self-confidence to really do whatever it is I thought I wanted to do. Being in the city, although it's very exciting, I love it. I love having access to all the food and the people and the excitement. For me, it was like I couldn't even sleep. Mm. Because I have, I can feel like all that stuff going on. So when we came out here, it was really my opportunity to, what would they call this? Reinvent myself. Right. And it's kind of a cool term, like to reinvent yourself. But the thing is, is that when I think about what I've done in the last five years, it's not really a reinvention. It's me revisiting and accepting who I really am on the inside. Like and that is... Yeah. And that's what's driven every decision in my company. And, you know, it's been scary. It's been exciting. It's been um, the best thing that's ever happened to me is when I committed to saying I'm a global, you know, media brand identity company, and I'm going to help women. Remember the first time I started telling people that I was just going to work with women and how against it they were. So this is something that I've dealt with, you know, in corporate and in my business where I have a real connection to women. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to have that glass ceiling. You know, I don't, I want to be able to show my strength and not feel as though, uh, I don't want to feel anything that I felt when I was working at other companies. So yeah. I always had a male boss. I always had um, everyone that got, you know, a raise or was in charge or had the position that I was really doing. Yeah. So I was really doing the position, you know, behind the scenes. I was just 
the assistant or the office manager or the head creative, but I was never the director or the CEO or the, you know what I mean? And that's what I really wanted. So when we moved out here, I had the opportunity to stop drinking, to focus on my health, to really figure out what the hell it is that I want to do and what my purpose is. And that is one of the biggest questions that anyone can ever ask themselves. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I feel like we have um, a few different things in common, you know, especially like, you know, right out of high school, you know, wanting to be that climbing the corporate ladder in high heels, yet, you know, being the, the very creative person, right? And I went right into, um, of course, I didn't work for Rolling Stone, that would have been amazing. But um, I went right into, you know, creating my own interior design company and really wanting to like build that up really, really big. You know, when you're at that place, when you can kind of look back and see how misaligned you were and like feel into now and it feels so much better and it feels feels so good. Now, like I live in the country, I've, I mean, I've always lived in the country, but I just so appreciate kind of like the simplicities of life. And I appreciate really connecting with yourself and having being able to make your own decisions and like so many things like that and um, it really is a feeling of, of, of kind of coming home yeah there is that scary part of becoming the you that you know you're supposed to be right I, I'm I don't know why it's overwhelming I'm not sure why it is scary. So overwhelming some degree um, but a lot of people are going through that right and I think that you know, as you slowly start to make more and more decisions based on, okay, is this totally like a hell yeah, like within me? I think it is. Okay. Like this, I'm on track. Right. And it's not an overnight thing. Like you're not just going to be like, I'm aligned. Oh yeah. Like it's not happening like that for a creative. What's it like for you to be creating most of the time by yourself, right? Opposed mm -hmm. to, I'm sure you've been in groups or pockets of people and things like that, like even Rolling Stone, where you're with a big group of creatives. What's the difference for you there? Do you find it more free so, by yourself or? Yeah, and this is what was really a challenge for me in completing college. And that just takes me right back to my college days because I remember being in the room everybody's got their Mac computers, everybody's doing the designs, we're all working on the same project. And what I felt was huge competition. Mm. Um, and I felt that I was being judged, whether I was as harshly as I felt and I thought, probably not. But there were certain things that happened such as um, working on the same project, and then me getting up and walking around and looking at what other people are doing and actually getting in trouble for that. Interesting. Okay. So um, a lot of people love to work in groups because it feels collaborative. It, and, and yes, they can be. They can be super collaborative and amazing. I'm a leader, so I'm very uh, take charge type of woman. And this isn't always great for groups because maybe there's another leader in the group and they're feeling like, why is she taking over? So I would have problems with that. And it got to a point where I just felt more comfortable working, you know, on my lonesome here. Mm -hmm. I'm not lonely, but I didn't have this studio either. It was just like on the couch with the laptop. Um, you know, if I wanted to paint or anything, it was a big task. This yeah. is in my old living space and, I actually was living in an apartment when I first began college. But so working in groups is not my strong point. 
when it comes to being a creative, I really like to feel completely in control, which I didn't realize until I started Red Unicorn Media 100% and um, had the studio behind me. So space is really important. When I was in college, the space felt too big and there was too much stuff going on. There was too many people there that were really um, interfering. So I have a door with a lock on it, (laughs) Um, but I didn't know how important it was for my success in creativity and doing any kind of creative project until I actually had my space. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that it was up to me to create that space. So for so long, I was at the cafe, I was at um, the couch, you know, doing things, I was at the kitchen table. And for me, and I think for a lot of people that don't even realize it, um, there's just so many interruptions. Uh, I just learned a really cool fact the other day that when you're at a job, um, so you might be a creative at a job, that you're being interrupted every 14 minutes. Wow, (laughs) I don't doubt it at all, absolutely. (laughs) So that's, you know... That the to be able to retain focus, especially as a creative, is just impossible for me. Um, so I love to be on my own and really just being in my zone. I feel like you know now is a time, especially online, where there's so many women that are doing collaborations, and it's amazing and it's wonderful if you're doing collaborations for the right reasons. Like I've definitely been in some collaborations before where it's very one sided, right? I'm sure you have as well. Do you think that? People that are born with that creative fire, like the real, like everyone is creative, we know, but like the, the real fiery creatives, do you feel that they, some, that they work best by themselves usually? Like, yes. yeah, they're usually kind of like the, an alpha of their craft. <laughs> right? I think so. I think that's when you think of um, the movies or that the artist character yeah, um, and he or she is enraged when they're interrupted and they're wearing all black and they're perceived as just very uh, unique or eccentric. Uh, that didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> for, sure. Yeah. for sure. Do you, do you, I, wear polka dots, but I don't wear all black. <laughs> do you feel that like your past experiences, cause you've gone through like a lot of stuff, which has probably created a lot of emotional roller coaster over the past few years, right? Whether it be job related to personal life, what have you, do you feel that, um, the, the passion that you felt to become a very successful creative person in the public eye, like before you created unicorn media, cre- like created any kind of jadedness, or do you think it really fueled you like into what you are right now or a little bit of both? Well, I think that the dream is really old. I think that even as a very, very young child, I knew that this is what I was going to do vaguely. I didn't know I was going to run Red Unicorn Media or I was going to be a designer, anything like this. But I knew that I was a creative person um, no matter what role I was put in or decided to go into. And I always wanted to be famous. I, you know, for so long, I wanted, I wanted to be a model. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to go to Hollywood. Um, this was a big dream of mine. And so I think that, that that part of it did fuel it. But I think that it also deterred me from understanding the actual path of getting there. And so it always felt like grandeur. Talk to us a little bit about navigating the misalignments and the roadblocks because I think a lot of a lot of women are still going through the whole. We're always figuring out what our best 
reality is, right? We're constantly always make, navigating those waters. Um, but would you say that there is something that like, like a message or something like that that you could really give to them about how to, if they're finding that they're in a spot right now that's just like gray, it's not colorful, it's just gray, and they're not sure where to go? Yeah, so everybody actually knows the answer, and I know that you understand that, but I want to explain a little bit more, is that you know exactly where you want to go, and sometimes that thing is not specific. But for instance, when I go back to my childhood, and I encourage everybody to do this, it's so important. The first thing that I did that really created traction in my company and in my life, in my life's purpose, was talking to my inner child, which made me feel really stupid at first. But I literally had a a mindset life coach help me through this. And she said, I want you to talk to like little Allie Jean. And I thought, this is ridiculous. But once I did start accessing and tapping into her, and I do this all the time now, she she had the answers because we have them. We, we already have them. And so once I started getting to the thing, okay, yes, I'm a creative person. And I found out that she was actually really mad at me because I wasn't having any fun. Yes. So, so what does fun have to do with, you know, I was working really hard and you know, yeah. being a ninja, but I wasn't having any fun. And I thought about that for a while. And it was so strange because it wasn't like I was figuring out where to invest my money or exactly what path to do. But what I found out is I had to put fun at the top of the list. So every single day I tried to inject that, that into my life, my daily life, something fun. So for instance, this initiated having conversations with my one-on-one clients through zoom and Skype mm-hmm. and because I really love to talk to people Um, I never really would have come up with that had I not talked to little Allie um, or inner child. It's critical that you do this. This is how I found my inner purpose. And it was the little things that were a little bit unclear that actually pointed me in the right direction. I also believe that consistency is so important. I see women all the time being so hard on themselves. Oh, I tried Facebook ads and um, I did it for three months and it didn't work and I lost $1,000. And it's kind of like, well, here's the other really unique thing that I do in my business that has brought me a lot of success is I start to observe. So this has been a difficult thing for me to understand because as women, we're in it. We're very emotional. We're in the situation. We're in the emotions. We have a hard time separating personal and business, which we shouldn't. I don't even think that we should, Mm -hmm. but we need to be able to observe the emotions kind of with some grace and ease and, and not feel like we're connected to it so that we can experiment. So if you have tried something for three months, uh, that's nothing to me. That is like the beginning of an experiment, right? The first month that I came out a hundred percent in with my company, I made $75. If I would have quit, if I would have, not been consistent, if I would have not realized that it was going to take a lot of time and effort and to be good to myself, 
then this wouldn't, this conversation wouldn't even be happening and I wouldn't be able to support myself. And it's just amazing what's been going on. And I really think that people give up too early, that they're very hard on themselves. They don't learn. And the way that I learned to observe, I'm still learning it, by the way, like it's hard. It's a challenge is through meditation. And I know we all hear about meditation and all of its good things. Now I started, I'm, I'm flighty. I'm very like shiny object. Um, so it was so hard for me to get daily practice and I still struggle with daily practice, but it has, it has brought me to a place where when everything is going wrong, I can still go, okay, let me give myself five, 10 minutes of some meditation. Let me allow these feelings and emotions and situations. I'm broke. I'm bankrupt. I'm, you know, getting divorced. I'm pregnant again. I'm, you know, whatever the issue is that seems like it's ruining your life or ruining your day and, and killing your business. It's not you are. And you need to be able to separate yourself from that and go, this is life. There's always going to be curveballs coming at you. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of happiness that's going to stop them from coming. Mm -hmm. They happen to everybody. The people that you look up to are not lucky. They are persistent and they are consistent in what they're doing. And it's a challenge. If, if it was easy, then everybody would be perfect and everyone would be successful. Creatives are, I find, far more emotional than a lot of other people and the thing is like I I know it to be true I know it so well you know you wake up in the morning and you look outside and the weather whatever it is can just make you feel a certain emotion then you're like you know feeling that all day you know and if you don't have like kind of the tools to like readjust yourself or like kind of um, correct yourself like in those moments those emotions will like drag on right so I actually I love that you were talking about um talking to your inner child because the way that I really look at that is, and I've done a lot of that work before and it's so interesting because you know, you really want the best for your inner child, right? When you're looking back at at your childhood, you know, you really want the best for, you know, little Allie. And um, I fully believe that, you know, there are many dimensions of time going on at all times and it's kind of like a movie, right? It's like we're going back and like talking to our inner child, which we could very well of, you know, picked up on at that time and it changes us now. So I, I really kind of feel like that's the, the, the backstory of it, <laughs> if that makes sense. As we observe, whether it be our, our soulmate clients or even just other people in the field and that kind of thing, it, it makes us so much of, um, it gives us clarity in so many ways, right? In the way that we do our work, in the way that we um, are just experiencing life. It, is it a, a powerful tool to, you know, correct things in your business and bring on more success? Like, absolutely. But I think that people really do need to stop and observe more, right? And even when meditation, it's kind of like an observation too, right? Like you're really allowing yourself to observe the thoughts that you're thinking, move into a place where, you know, you're not thinking as much, hopefully, and just take that moment in that time. So um, I'm loving all of your stories. I'm loving all of your tips that you're Thank you so much. I want to add one little thing um, is that 
I always thought that being creative, I always heard about <clears throat> these like tortured artists and, you know, they're like selling paintings for 125000 a piece and, you know, they have collectors and, you know, what have you. And I, and I just never understood how people were able to go to work every day or be creative every day and be able to do that when they have anxiety, when they have depression. Um, and I, and I, and for a long time I thought, well, maybe I'm not really an artist or maybe I'm really not a creative person because when I get anxiety or depression, which I've had that since I was really little, um, I can't think straight. I can't run my life. I can't make decisions. And I absolutely don't feel like being creative or being in a meeting or being visible or doing anything because I hate myself right now. Mm -hmm. So meditation and talking with my inner child and really understanding how to observe has been conquering that for me. And that is huge. And that is another part of the success in learning to do that. So I'm having anxiety attack, even if someone was screaming at me and yelling at me and I was in danger or something, there's something behind this meditation practice that I've been doing for about three or four years, I don't know, where I can keep my heart rate down, I can breathe, I can observe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The thing that I believe gets in the way of, first of all, asking for more is you have to ha be in the knowing. So I bring up knowing a lot. You have to be in the knowing, not in the want or the need. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say they want it. I want to make $50,000 this year. I want to make six figures this year. And I really believe that I can, but you don't. <laughs> you don't because deep down inside you're scared. Um, this happens a lot with people who raise their prices. So I'm thinking back in the beginning, I knew that I was going to have a really inconsistent financial forecast for at least two years. That's what I was giving myself. I thought for the first two years, I have no idea. And it's so mm -hmm. scary. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember getting invest investors, you know, women that wanted to work with me. Yes, I'll invest in you. And this was for so much less than what I charge now. Um, but I needed the testimonials. I needed the credibility online. I had none of that. It didn't matter that I worked for Rolling Stone. It didn't matter that I had uh, all this amazing work in a portfolio. You really need to have um, what we call social proof. Right. Um, so don't have that. Go get it. You got to start <laughs> doing it. I have done stuff for free. In fact, one of the funniest things that I ever did, and I don't talk about this with hardly anybody, um, not that I don't believe in it, but it's a wacky story. One day I decided to go into, it was a spiritual group. And I said, uh, I had some, like a collage of logos that I had done. And I said for $25 a piece, <laughs> now I charge people thousands, but so for $25 a piece, I will do a logo for you. And I had no form. I wasn't meeting these women. I, this was literally like, here's a PayPal link. Let's yeah. do this. And um, it was a really lucky thing for most of them. Uh, although it was the most wacky thing that happened because my phone just starts going off. 25, 25, 25. And I'm like, woohoo, woohoo. And he's like, 
how are you going to do all this work? Like, what are you doing? It was crazy. So literally for, you know, three months straight, I'm working on these $25 logos. Uh, You know, bills are piling up in my mailbox and I'm like trying to get this all done. But in the long run, because I put myself out there, you know, I finished all the projects. I got testimonials. Mm -hmm. So this was really important for me. Um, But again, you know, the first couple years, it was like, that was only one story. I have a million stories about the lack and the um, having no self-confidence, wondering, oh my gosh, is this, is anyone going to be able to afford this? I remember when I went and packaged everything up and started going into groups and saying, you know, I have this great branding package and it was like, we'll just say 325. I can't remember. Um, and I was scared. I thought, oh my gosh, people are going to think this is too much. And so there's a big mindset behind that. I had a lot of old money stories that stemmed from nothing to do with even being an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, so things that had come from my mother, my father, situations we had gone through loss, lots of loss. Um, feeling like I don't quite deserve it and not knowing where that even came from Mm -hmm. because of course I deserve it. Of course I want more. Of course I want money. Of course, you know, so it made no sense to me. And I actually um, did in this instance as well, uh, get a mindset coach who helped me through figuring out where that was coming from. And I didn't know it was there. It was super painful to go through and it released me. It released me from all of these feelings of thinking, you know, I only deserve $75 for a logo or I'm not that good or I'm not that great or people aren't going to be able to afford me. Like all this vocabulary. Right. So the more I wanted it and the more I needed it, the less I got. When I finally like released all that stuff and made space and knew, I was like, you know that you absolutely deserve this. Until next time, feel free to check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun, magical, creative activities for you to take part in. Thank you for listening.